Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shay's Geek Nation. Welcome. Welcome to another edition of BJ Shay's Geek Nation! Woo! I am Vicky Barcelona. Cross for me again! BJ Shea. I, what? Are you sure I'm here? Because I really don't think I should be here. Take your snacks and your medicine, people. Thank you. Also with us is Joey Dees. Hello, we're back for two episodes in a row. Can you believe it? Yeah, manning the board. You are a professional, mister. That's what I'm here for, Vicky. And I'm also here to discuss Black Adam because we will do a holiday movie review. BJ and I saw that. We'll do a quick mention about his dark materials and we'll get some Bad Batch season two. The couple first couple episodes are out. BJ's going to talk about them and some comics. Fantastic Four and Spider-Man. And, of course, Spider-Man. the Geek Chew with Vicky Man. Vicky Man. Vicky Man. Yeah, Vicky Man. Vicky Man. Vicky, how can the people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. Dot com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. I hear there's more. More. Uh, or just search BJ Shay's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey to find us. <laughs> and you can get everything. And I mean everything nerdy. Yes. Spider-Man. Fantastic Four. All of Black the Adam. All of the stuffs. I am curious about this Black Adam stuff. Oh, boy, yes. Well, over the holidays, uh, we got together as we do, BJ, I, and the family, and we usually watch a movie. And... Luckily for us, Black Adam had recently dropped on the streaming services, and we decided Dwayne The Rock Johnson will get a chance to rock our mm. world. And he didn't. Oh, no. uh, yeah. <laughs> it's really fascinating. When this movie first came out, and oh, this will change the way DC movies are forever, mm. and then James Gunn came in, and all of a sudden you realize uh, this is not going to change a thing. Matter of fact, we don't think we'll ever see The Rock in a DC movie ever again. Uh, <laughs> and... After seeing Black Adam, I understand why. I the, Some parts of this movie were really good. I really like some of the characters. I'd like to see uh, Aldous Hodge play Hawkman. I really kind of dug his Hawkman and thought this is kind of... I've never been a Hawkman fan, but I like the way he, he did the guy. Um, I didn't hate Dr. Fate, but my friend Josh, who you know from the Board mm-hmm. Game Alliance, is very familiar with Dr. Fate and said they destroyed that character mm. and really ruined him for the movie. So I can't comment on that. But Pierce but, Brosnan was good. Yeah, it's just disappointing, I guess, that if, like, they basically made Dr. Fate, comp- it's like what they did to Deadpool in the Wolverine movie. Mm. You know, oh. it's, yeah, it's, I, that's what it made me. When I heard him speak about all of the ways Dr. Fate is in the comics, I'm like, wow, they totally Wolverine Deadpool with this guy. Um, and then there's The Rock as Black Adam. And the pitch meeting from uh, Ryan George, which you can get on YouTube, really does it the best, where he's telling you the whole movie he's a bad guy while all he does is good things. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and you're like, okay, you're not a bad guy. You're an idiot, if anything. And I guess the trailer spoiled the big reveal of the movie, Mm. which is really, gosh, I've complained about this before. There's a huge reveal in the movie that you go, oh, my God, I thought this was going on, but this was actually what's going on. It's been out and for the, a while. I feel like you could spoil it. I have well, not seen it yet. You can spoil it for me. Yeah, the, like. the, the, the bottom line is is we thought that there was, a, like, we thought the kid was, like, there was a kid we see in the beginning of the movie who's, like, a 
giving hope to his people as they're being abused by uh, these interlopers within his culture. Mm -hmm. And we thought the kid became Black Adam. Turns out it wasn't the kid. It was Mm -hmm. his dad who was kind of a douche. Um, And that was the big reveal. But they showed that in the trailer like, hey, I'm Black Adam, not my kid. And it's like, wow. I mean, Mm -hmm. talk about an epic fail on every part of doing this movie. Look, I have a bias against Dwayne Johnson, which may people, some people might know if you listen to my radio show in Seattle. Uh, and it's really an unfair bias. Dwayne Johnson's a great guy, but I just think he humble brags way too much. <laughs> I don't think he's a great actor, um, but he's a, you know, he does action movies and, you know, he's a nice man, but he just, uh, I feel like he did no favors for the Black Adam character in this movie. I don't know if it was him, don't know if it was the writing, but no, I did not like this movie. It was such a weird movie. It's almost as if at the beginning you're jumping into the end of a second part of the movie. Oh. Yeah, like you're like, okay, this is the second uh, movie in the franchise, right? Right? Because mm-hmm. the, the character development is we have to go to this temple to protect this artifact. Why? Because someone wants it. Why? Well, because we're the only ones who can protect it. Oh, but so it's bad. hidden in a place that no one can find it, right? You'd think that. <laughs> yeah, but no. Because <laughs> it has been for 5,000 years oh, until God. right now. And you're like, well, where's the backstory for this character? You don't need to know it. Don't worry about it. Because it's not relevant. Nope. <laughs> it's just like, okay. Yeah. And so all these characters are irrelevant. Then Black Adam shows up and you're like, okay, this is kind of cool. Black Adam's sweet. He's electrifying people. This is this is cool. I can get with this. And then it's like, okay, we're going to turn into a Suicide Squad movie where we're just going to introduce four new superheroes that you've never heard of before who are essentially Suicide Squad members, but they're good guys, not bad guys like okay. they were in the universe already. Yeah. And then we're going to have them fight Black Adam, who's not a bad guy, for no reason. And you're just like, wait, I don't understand what's going on anymore. What, yeah, and what, why <laughs> are they working for Amanda Waller, who's usually just working with the dregs of the universe, all the villains? These people are not villains, and they're still like taking orders from her, uh, who's well, I mean, ske- who she's a sketchy character in the first place? Technically, she doesn't work with the bad villains. She just controls them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. She puts bombs in people's heads. I don't think Hawkman or Dr. Fate or any of these good people would be wanting to work for anybody that puts bombs in human beings heads hmm. no matter how much of a criminal it's like all of this movie made no sense to me like why would they do her bidding she's an a-hole you know uh she's a government a-hole where the good guys would go yeah do what you want amanda but we're you know we got our justice society justice league we don't need you it was this movie's a mess yeah hmm. so the cgi is fine like i think really it gets a pass i don't think it's the best i don't think it's the worst i think that there are good scenes and bad scenes but the problem is just that you're sitting there and you're watching this whole movie and it's literally just fight scene to fight scene, like for a good hour and a half, which is why I kept thinking, like, this is almost like the end of the second movie. And then the third movie started and you're like, all right, this is Infinity Wars, right? It's all fighting because yeah. we already have all the story, except you don't. So you don't care about any of the characters who no. have the most forced relationships ever. There's a love story in the like second half of the movie that just begins where you're like, I don't get why these people love each other. Yeah. Well, they both have a checkered past and it's like. That that uh, is the story of the Suicide Squad. I mean, okay. I don't get why that matters. Yeah. And they're all supposed to die, right? Kind of. Uh, yeah, okay. And then and then they had Ant Man. Oh, I'm sorry, Adam Smasher in the movie. Yeah. And, yeah. Who and Doctor Strange? I mean, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, really. Yeah. Basically, Doctor Strange and Adam Smasher uh, and and Ant Man were in this movie. It was almost beat for beat what these guys were. I'm just like, okay. I uh, mean, would you guys like a refresher on the uh, tomato meters? I'm going 31 percent. On which one? Uh, audience. Okay, and tomato meter? Uh, I'm going 27% BJ? critics. BJ? 
I, you know what? I like his. I like his guesses. What do we got? Tomato meter, thirty nine percent. not bad. Okay. Audience score, eighty eight percent. Oh come on! With yeah. five thousand plus verified reviews. <sighs> yeah, I. Uh, well, the audience is the audience. Um, it, I don't know what they. You know, it's just like Wonder Woman eighty four. I don't know what people saw. I just don't know what the hell people saw. But you know, everyone has their own tastes. I have to just bow to that. But I, there's so much better stuff to watch than Black Adam. Uh, I watched it because it was free. <laughs> so yeah. uh, with my HBO, I'm glad I didn't pay money in the theater to see this because I would have been so sad. I will say Wonder Woman 1984 got 58% on the tomato meter and 73% on the audience score. So more critics liked it than audience. How would you say this compares? Wait, what do you mean more critics like the audience? You just said the audience was higher than 50. Yeah, than the other movie. So the audience is lower on this one than it was on Black Adam. Oh, I see what you mean. Yes. And, uh, but the uh, critics like this one more than Black Adam. Well, Black Adam, you said, was 80%. 88 for the audience. This yes. is 73 for the audience. So the, uh, yeah, so the audience liked Black Adam more than they liked uh, Wonder Woman 84. Yes. And the critics liked uh, Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman 84 yep. more so than Black Adam. The bottom line is, is that none of those critic scores are great. And... Well, the audience, I guess, you know, is it free? Is that why they liked it? Because <laughs> I, I, both movies you could have watched, you know, a, on HBO. But I don't know. if Maybe some people went to the theater. Maybe some people love The Rock, and therefore, because of them loving The Rock, they thought he, get a, he, he was a great character. I, I, I did not, but... I wish that there was a subcategory for audience critics. Like, are you a superhero fanatic? Do you read the comics? I would like to know that information. And then compare it to people who just go in and watch a movie. Because the example I give, when I went to go see X-Men 3, the OG one back, you know, a long time ago when I was in high school. Oh, the one everybody hates. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went in and I was like, well, I'm disappointed. And my friends who I went with, and even Wolverine Origins, they're like, oh, it was a good movie. Do you read comics? Well, no, but I liked it. It was a good movie. But I was the comic book fan and I hated it for both the third one and X, uh, the Wolverine Origins. So I want to know how many of these people aren't comic book fans and just simply like a movie because they like it. Yeah, Marvel gets good actors a lot. To, you know, that's the difference. And look, Dwayne Johnson is an okay actor. Is he a great actor? No. Is he and, a big name? <laughs> you know, ben, well, that's what I mean. Benedict Cumberbatch, for instance, he's a really good actor. And Marvel sometimes will get really good actors to play their superhero movies, and they do a good job. Robert Downey Jr. is a good actor. Uh, you know, Chris Hemsworth, you know, definitely can play a comedic Thor. I, you know, and, and Tom Holland are really, I mean, these are actors, whereas, you know, that's why I think Aldous Hodge, who played Hawkman, I don't know much about Aldous, I, I might have seen stuff of him before, but I just didn't, I didn't recognize him. But he did a good job. I liked him as Hawkman. I just feel like, when your main guy is not exactly an amazing actor, then the movie has to be a great ride with, you know, like Total Recall with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold's not a great actor. Terminator, Arnold's not a great actor. But those movies were great rides. And this one was not a great ride for me. It looks like uh, he has been in a couple of big movies like Hidden Figures or at least movies that had uh, highly rated. One Night in Miami, which got 98%, uh, which was an Amazon original movie. It looks like it's more on the serious side. So he looks like he's You're an actual- about Aldous? Yes, he looks like yeah. he's more of a serious actor. Well, he felt like it. He felt mm-hmm. like the he, he he felt like he could actually act. He had chops. And it's funny because he actually this isn't the first uh, DC character he's played in one way or another. He has played Green Lantern, the John Stewart version, in Green Lantern: Beware My Power, which I believe was an animated movie. Oh, there we go. But I'm like, I would. A side note: I would love to see a uh, African American Green Lantern at some point. Yeah, I, I love the John Stewart character. I yeah, and this. 
I, I think DC, and because we know this, right? DC has scrubbed their entire universe. Mm-hmm. They've said, we're restarting, we screwed up. This movie is just the epitome of that. They can't find their lane. They don't know what they want to do. Like, th- this could have been a good movie, right? I mean, we've seen Henry Cavill, uh, Cavill play Superman. He's a great actor. They still can't do anything with the character. It, it doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. They don't know where their lane is, and they, it, whatever, if it's writing or directing. I just don't think they know what they want. And I think it shows, because to, to your point, BJ, The Rock... It isn't the part I hate about this movie. I mean, I hate his character, and his character is bad because it's just written poorly. And then The Rock isn't an actor that can make a poor perform or poor writing great. It's just not going to happen. So you get this movie that just feels off. Mm. <laughs> and so it, yeah. you know, and that's why you see you know everyone being like, well, why did they give the the reins to someone else? Well, they don't know what to do, so they're <laughs> they're trying something new. So does this feel like an action movie that's trying to be a superhero movie with that, or is it more of a superhero movie that's trying to have more action movie scenes? It's a Boy. superhero movie trying to be an Avengers movie. I feel yeah. like, um, and they, yeah, they're really tr- they they are. I, Joey's right. They're just trying to copy Marvel, mm. and it's a bad copy. Gotcha. And their hero of the movie. They don't know what they want him to be, and like Joey said, he's not written well. But I, to, here's my to my point. I, you know, you know, I didn't like Wakanda Forever, but I liked Namor. I I mm-hmm. liked the actor that played Namor, even though I thought his he was written horribly. And that's to Joey's point: is that The Rock is not a good enough actor to at least go. Yeah, the lines are bad, but I like this guy anyway. And that was how I felt about the Submariner. I really liked the dude. I hated the way they wrote some of his lines and his story. I really felt like the writers let that actor down, but that actor still gave, a, I think, a really good performance. The Rock, yeah, he, I, he just didn't do it for me mm. uh, with, with that bad writing. And so I, I, I agree with Joe, too. It's, it's a mess, and that's why James Gunn is now like there to clean up this whole DC mess. I do get why I got 88%, though, because there are a lot of scenes that if I was like 10 would be very nostalgic uh. or really hit me in my like, oh, okay, there's the kid skateboarding through the city and he meets a superhero that's not good or evil and they kind of help him. I that kid, man. I was hoping he would die so many times yeah, in the movie. It's so Jeez. 90s and stuff, but it does. I'm like, if I was a kid though, I could see it because it is just an action movie and there's it doesn't stop. Because so. like you have movies, like speaking of The Rock's action movies, you have stuff like Fast and the Furious and are they going to be phenomenal movies with great acting and great dialogue? Oh, I would put Fast and Furious way ahead of this movie. Yeah. The Fast and right. Furious movies are done well. But, like, <laughs> but they have such good action that yeah. people who may not like that style of dialogue and whatever it is and the ridiculousness of each movie, uh, I feel like they would – could they gravitate towards this and be – I don't want to say satisfied because it's sounding like they wouldn't have been, but kind of – this is a slap in the face if anybody wants to say that this is as good as a Fast and Furious oh, movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, in my opinion, because Fast and Furious know what they are. They write very well for what they are. Mm-hmm. They've got the right actors who can deliver those lines very well. I mean, even Vin Diesel, who I also don't think is a great actor. <laughs> but you know what? He at least is, at least they give him what he can do. I, I, yeah, I, uh, you know, Vicky, it's, it, to me, it's not a fair comparison because okay. the Fast and Furious is a good franchise. This is not. This is that's very interesting. I was very curious. Yeah, and we will not be getting the Black Adam franchise, and The Rock has unfollowed, I believe, all the DC products on uh, social media. Yeah. So you know, and hey, look, The Rock has been in good st- stuff that I've, you know, people loved, you know, and and it's just you know, like, like it happens. I mean, Natalie Portman as Padme, boy, I wanted to just throw up every time I saw her on the screen. It had nothing For to do with Hannah Natalie. Can. Yeah, she was just written horribly, and she couldn't save it. She says nothing poor Natalie can do with that. 
Well, moving on from the lovely Black Adam movie, I want to give a quick mention. Uh, His Dark Materials launched their season finale, series finale, on HBO Max uh, this year. And uh, it kind of hit and dropped. You know, it it aired and there wasn't a whole lot of advertisements for it. Uh, BJ, I know you're watching it. I've liked the series. I'm only three episodes in. We'll talk more about it in about a week or two just when people get to finish up and watch it. But uh, how are you liking it so far? Yeah, I did watch the whole thing. And for you folks uh, that remember the movie The Golden Compass, that's what this is all about. His Dark Mm. Materials basically took that movie and gave it the justice it deserved. Daphne Keene, who, Vicki, you know, of course, from... uh, Logan. Yeah, Logan. uh, She was X-23. Yeah, uh, we basically watched her grow up in the three seasons because of the time it took to get all three seasons to to the screen to the point where it's wild. It's like watching the Harry Potter movies when you just see how Daphne is now this... You know, she's this young woman... Really, and, and oh my gosh, bel- she looks like one of my cousins. Maybe I'm yeah. Related. I think I think the actor is now 18ish, and when she, you know, yes. we remember her when she was almost like a toddler watching her in movies. So you see a lot of people grow up in this movie. Um, it was a really good season. The first two seasons definitely, I believe, moved slower than this third season. Makes me wonder if they were like, we're only giving you one more season, wrap it up. Um, but that's okay. I felt like, you know what, the, the pace could pick up a little bit in this show, and they did. It was, um, yeah, and I'm, I'm liking it, uh, Joe. I really, I, I like the direction this has taken. Uh, but again, I will, you know, here's the thing. Again, you know, you just talk about there's a lot of English actors, a lot of British actors in this show. And, um, you know, the the, Daph- the, the, the woman that plays, and I'm, I think it's Rita, um, Ruth Wilson. Ruth Wilson, who plays Mrs. Coulter, who was basically the mom oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah. Lyra. Uh, Ruth is fantastic. She's a great actor. James McAvoy, who is the, uh, the newer version of Professor X, he's Lord Asriel. Mm-hmm. And he, there's so many people that are really good in this that... You know, they and you need stuff like for a far-fetched story. You need really good acting to ground it when you see all the weird stuff that's going on. And uh, yeah, I, I just, I just, I really, I really enjoyed the series. Yeah, I completely agree. The fantasy genres, especially high fantasy, although this isn't exactly that, they need those good actors. Think Harry Potter. So many good mm. actors that helped yeah. carry that show. Yes. and this series is the same way. And I was really excited because. Uh, James McAvoy's character was teased a lot in the first two seasons, but really not very much screen time. And then I'm only three episodes in, but he is getting way more screen time, which is great because we've been waiting for him to show up. He's like essentially the main character. Well, one of the main characters minus Lyra in the show. So yeah, I am uh, very happy and very looking forward to finishing it. Uh, sad that we're not going to get more of it, but it is eight episodes, which is great because they cut some seasons last time to make them like five episodes. So it's you're going to get that full uh, ending that we need. And it has gone uh, quite deep in the uh, mythological and spiritual sense, which is always fun. Uh, but we'll give you our full series finale review of that later on. And until then, we have BJ here to talk Bad Batch Season 2, which has a couple mm. episodes out. When did this happen? Yeah, this I, this dropped recently. Uh, it, it, was it last I, I, week, week before? I think maybe? I talked about it on a previous episode. Yes, a couple, you, couple yeah, weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, uh, they've uh, they've got four episodes as of this taping, mm-hmm. and uh, I watched the first three, and uh, it's a good season. Uh, I I really like the concept of the Bad Batch, which were clones that were basically experimental clones that were made to be different than the clones that we know from Star Wars Episode Two, and of course the Clone Wars animated series. Bad Batch is a is basically this rogue group of clones that all have different abilities, all even different sizes, different you know different voices and um the first season of it 
was really fun and really good and really added to the lore. I believe this this show takes place after Order 66. Which is, is the annihilation takes, of all the Jedi? Yeah, I believe that's when we that's where we are is pretty much sometime after that. And um yeah, it's uh it's 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 a well-done show on Disney Plus if you if you liked all the other animated series or most of them, there's no reason you won't like Bad Batch. They do get to fill in a lot of stuff that was going on uh after Order 66, which would basically be uh you know, a, a episode between episodes 3 and 4 is where we're at. Uh you know, don't know where it all sits with all the other stuff, but you know, somewhere between there. I've had a lot uh, of people tell me this is their favorite Star Wars stuff on TV. Would you agree with that? You know, before we had Andor, uh, because this is animated, so I do like I like live action more. Um, but yeah, this is this is at least my second favorite. Uh, could be tied with Andor. Uh, it's a good show. It it moves. It's got some good storylines. Uh, you really they they go deeper than you would expect. You I, know, I love uh, that. Yeah, they really do. It's not all just about shooting and fighting, mm-hmm. though. There's a lot of good shooting and fighting going on there. And just to uh, confirm with BJ, uh, the animated show takes place during what they call dark times of the Imperial era, which starts in the final moments of Order sixty six, which is, they call it approximately nineteen BBY. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but <laughs> I was BBY, hoping somebody would. Yeah, BBY back, everybody. Uh, but yeah, so you know, and we know, of course. Andor is also during that time, uh, so it's fun to see all these shows that fill in the gaps between episode three and episode four, um, and I really, really like that a lot. Uh, we got the Ahsoka series that's coming out. I'm looking forward to that because, you know, she is she was she's a great example of somebody with force powers that was not trained by anybody. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. semi trained by the Jedi, but she left. And basically, whatever skills she has now, if they've gotten better, it's her doing it on her own. Yeah, and this is going to be a standalone, no, not standalone, but this is going to be a, a main character being a Jedi in a Disney series that we haven't gotten because we've had The Mandalorian and Boba Fett, but we haven't had an actual, you know, Luke or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And this, if I'm not mistaken, the time frame of this is around The Mandalorian, which, is, because that's where we met her was in The Mandalorian. Yeah, Fennec Shan. And the Mandalorian, uh, no, she, that, that she's somebody else. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, but she was in the Mandalorian, right? Yeah, yeah but that's but Ahsoka yeah, yeah. was also in the Mandalorian. Oh, okay, now yeah. I'm tracking. Uh, so yeah, so uh, I I think I'm trying to think of the time frame. So this is before this is probably between episode six and episode seven. I think that's where the Mandalorian is, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's where the Mandalorian takes place, where. Like the Republic is, go- you know, the like the the Empire is crumbling, but you know, people are coming to take its place, and who's going to do it? Uh, we might we might see the birth of the First Order at some point during the Mandalorian thing, and uh, who knows where Ahsoka fits in in there? But I'm excited to see. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so am I. I mean, God, so many great uh, Star Wars shows coming out again, and as you said, Andor as well. I mean, we're lucky; we got a lot of content. And, yeah, uh, we do. To add to your uh, Star Wars knowledge. BBY means before Battle of Yavin, and ABY is after Battle of Yavin. Okay. And, uh, before Battle of Yavin, I don't even know where the Battle of Yavin was. Is that what? What is that? Uh, is uh? I was hoping you guys would know because you guys are a little bit more versed. Yeah, in that. I don't. I you know what? I'm I'm I, I feel bad. I don't it, know when the Battle of Yavin happened, uh, but I guess yeah. it must have happened. Uh, so it says the Battle of Yavin, also known as the Battle of the Death Star or the Miracle of Yavin, was a major and decisive battle of the Galactic Civil War in which the Rebel Alliance was able to destroy the Death Star and was seen as one of the first major victories over the Galactic Empire. So that's the so that's the first Death Star. 
Yeah. Interesting. That's well, that, like. well, that's before episode six. So this is, they're, mm. they're saying what? They're saying this takes place with the first Death Star explosion and not the last? Because uh, It says 19 before Battle of Yavin, <laughs> which means it and, is and about. What, sh- what show is this? Uh, this is Bad Batch. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So it's nineteen. It's, so it's nineteen years before. Oh yeah, before episode four. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to see all this great Star Wars stuff coming back onto the screen, and we have many, many more shows we'll have to watch. We'll have to see how that season ends up wrapping up as well. Uh, let's move on to some comics, BJ. We haven't had you in to talk comics in a while, and I hear you have some Spidey and Fantastic Four uh, stuff to talk about. Yeah. Well, it's uh, we we we've got. Uh, We've got a new writer for uh, for Spider-Man, though I hear that Dan Slott may be coming back because he left Fantastic Four. I think I heard that. I could be. I could just be like hopeful thinking because I love Dan Slott. But currently, Zeb Wells is writing uh, Fantastic. I should say Spider-Man, and it's kind of cool because uh, Spider-Man is having to deal with the fact that his clone Ben Parker uh, is losing his mind, losing his damn mind to the point where he's got all these special wild crazy powers now as well as his spider powers as well as his memories of Peter Parker and now Peter finds himself trapped in limbo and has to find out how to get his way back home and he has to do it in a truly hellish fashion um which uh you know I'm very excited because you know there's a lot of cool characters that are involved in this and uh including a new version of like a new goblin and it was a, a female goblin who and, and there's also uh, I think a clone of Jean Grey that's involved in all this and so Because of course yeah, yeah, you know, and so Peter Parker again is like in way over his head and having to figure this all out. So that's currently what's going on with the Amazing Spider-Man. Fantastic Four has got a brand new uh, writer since Dan Slott left, and I love what they're doing with this because they're adventurers. And um, man, there was a wonderful story uh, in a recent ep- issue where Ben and Alicia, of course, Alicia's Ben's blind wife. Uh, and uh, they go to a, they're just driving to a town. Lots of things are going bad for the FF. The Baxter building is completely destroyed. We still don't know what the hell happened, but they're kind of persona non grata. Not everybody's happy with the Fantastic Four. Gigantic hole where the Baxter building used to be. And they're going to tell us in an upcoming issue. But while we're waiting, they're all split up. Ben's over here, Johnny's over here, and Reed and Sue are doing something over here. And there was a great, great. Uh, a, a story of uh, Reed, uh, Ben, and 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 Alicia going through this sort of time loop kind of a thing that was going on, and it was wild as they'd wake up and it'd be the same town and nobody would remember anything, and so they had to sort of do this Groundhog Day way to get out of it. I thought, what a fun adventure, you know, not your typical superhero thing, but again, if you know the Fantastic Four, they're always involved in these cool th- situations, and then Reed and Sue were involved in a situation where this whole town was basically a bunch of Dr. Doom's robots, but (laughs) they were established for a not a nefarious reason, even though they, they had, they had programming. Their programming was number one to do a certain thing that was nice. And then of course their second programming is destroy any member of the fantastic four unbeknownst to Reed and Sue, they walk into this town where these doom bots are actually doing cool stuff for people. And then they go, Oh wait, you're the fantastic four. Well, you're now our primary program. We must kill you. And I thought that was fascinating as they, you know, they take Dr. Doom and show that he's not always a bad guy. They've done it before, but this is a very unique way of doing it. 
And uh, so far, Ryan North, I like what he's been doing as he's taken over the run. I, 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 you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to miss Dan Slott so much. He brought them back. But so far, Ryan North has been doing doing a hell of a job for me. Nice. Killing it with the new stuff. You know, on the topic of Fantastic Four, uh, a couple weeks ago we had uh, Gareth on to talk about a rumor about an upcoming casting for the movie uh, Fantastic Four that we know is coming a couple years down the line. I want to know what you would think of it. Yes. Gareth said that there's a lot of rumors that Adam Driver is in talks to play Mr. Fantastic. Oh, isn't that interesting? So he'll be a younger version, whereas John Krasinski's was an older version. I don't, you know, I don't hate that because Adam Driver's a good actor. I know, you know, some people can make fun of his performances, uh, you know, Kylo Ren, but uh, he He's is a, a good actor. actor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He really is a good actor. And, you know, what? I think what Stephen Moffat did with the Sherlock series has shown us that if you are a highly, highly intelligent person, like super, super intelligent, you're probably going to be somewhat, uh, you know, socially awkward or not able to interact socially like a lot of people because you are that intelligent, which Reed Richards is purported to be the smartest man on the planet, even, you know, smarter than Bruce Banner, smarter than Tony Stark. And so the idea that Adam could play that kind of a Reed Richards, I think, you know, I see that happening. If they decide they want to go the Sherlock route and not make him a charming guy, when in reality, I love what Benedict Cumberbatch did with Sherlock. You realize, oh, this guy is a super smart guy, but he's also a social problem. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And we just recently, a few episodes back, talked about a movie that he was in called White Noise, and he looks like an older dude. So I feel like if they wanted to go older like John Krasinski and have him have you know children that are a little older, they could do that with him. Yeah, I think that Reed is maybe 10 years older than Sue and Johnny, and Ben and he are the same age. That's what I believe. If I, I, I could be wrong about that, but I, 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 I think Johnny's the younger brother of Sue. Yep. And Sue, I really believe, was uh, a little, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, maybe she was like 10 years younger, I believe. Yeah, I that's reading. what I think. But yeah, I, you know, Adam Driver, I, you know, plus I loved him in Lucky Logan, or Logan, Logan Lucky, Lucky, rather. Yeah, uh, you know, he's good. I, I will not say no to him as Reed Richards. I think it would be fun to see how he would do that. And Miles Teller already gave us a sort of distracted you know, version of Reed anyway. So I feel like uh, maybe, you know, Adam will punch him up a little bit with a bit more charm. Who knows? Who knows what his take will be? Um, but uh, I just want to see Fantastic Four and a good one. I just want to see Aside from something. the Incredibles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I don't know. I looked at the phase, whatever. I don't know if they're phase 10. I don't know what phase they're supposed to come in, but they're, they're, I want to see them. All I know is we need a time machine because I don't want to do any waiting myself either. Whoa, you want a time machine? You don't I'm like a, time machine movies. I know, know but I, if I can get in one, I'm all about it these days. Fair enough. <laughs> well, <laughs> meanwhile, yeah, and meanwhile, I mean, I'm so excited to see Kang, who is a Fantastic mm -hmm. Four villain from way back in the day. Uh, so, which, you know, I don't know how Ant-Man and, and Wasp and Quantumania is going to be, but uh, I am excited for Kang. I really am excited to see because Kang is badass. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of them, apparently, as we have seen multiple different shows with them already in it and multiple different uh, sides of Kang. <laughs> but yeah. Oh yeah. He's got, he's got a lot going on and it all, it all connects to Reed Richards in some way, shape or form. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Until we find out these lovely questions we have, we have to get to the geek sheet with Vicky B. 
Vicky, besides wanting a time machine and seeing all these lovely movies, what do you have for us? Uh, actually, we got a text message on our morning show that I thought would be fun to read here. Ooh, okay. And this is directed to Mr. BJ Shea. Hey, I'm way. I'm here. I can I can yes. talk to the humans. Says BJ Shea, I need your help. I'm getting into a fight with one of my friends in my nerdy group. He says that he will no longer watch anything in the MCU because he thinks it is now the MCU because they're empowering women and his biggest gripe is with She-Hulk and Captain Marvel. How do you deal with someone like this? Help me, BJ Shea. You're my only hope. <laughs> wow. Uh, you know something? I don't know the age of this person, but you know I am in my 60s and I have had a lot of people in my demographic who are big fans of the comics we grew up watching, who really do hate on the adjustments that have been made that they have made the same complaints about. And I, I look at them and I go, I don't know how you got to be this way. I don't understand how you evolved. We all grew up watching the same shows and wanting the same things, and we were marginalized, and we just wanted people to love us for who we were. And how some of those folks have turned around and don't see that, the idea that these shows that are coming out doing what they're doing are giving so many more people a seat at the mm-hmm. MCU at the Marvel table. Um, I admit, you know, look, She Hulk, I get. She Hulk is, look, I can see why people didn't like that show. I don't think it was a fantastic show. I think they made a lot of mistakes with that show. I still enjoyed uh, it to some degree, but I think there was some missteps with that show. Ms. Marvel, I'm sorry, but I mean, th- that show was good. And mm-hmm. you, you just, you've got a, I think you've just got a bias if you don't like that show. Um, and that's the problem. You know, people have unconscious biases. And, you know, Vicky, the bottom line is this. I don't think you can, telling this, I don't know if you can do anything about those people. You can try to be their friend and know that they're just not going to look at themselves and see where their own biases and unconscious biases are affecting what they see. Um, because, you know, my God, we've had, I'm a white guy and I've had plenty of representation. I can never complain about representations in anything because there have always been a white guy. There's always been a white little kid. There's always, and so these shows are giving representation to other people, but guess what? They're still superheroes and fighting people and what do I care? Not even just that, not just representation, but we're telling stories that, you know, we've never heard before and sometimes we are able to connect to those stories even though we don't have the exact same experience. And one of them being like Miss Marvel, even though she's a completely different ethnicity and a different religion than I grew up with, I related to her so much because I am of Hispanic origins, Uh, but the thing that bugs me about all the people that are like, oh, the MCU, it's like if you didn't like a show or whatever, that is totally fine. You don't have to like everything they come out with. But Stan Lee created She-Hulk. It's, it's not a new thing that they recently came out with just to, you know, hey, let's make more money by, you know, making chicks. Like, no, this is literally the last character Stan Lee created. He wrote the first issue. And, I mean, that was the only issue he wrote. But he created her. So, to talk crap about, you know, what the Mar- Marvel Universe is doing, Marvel's doing in comics or shows. Like, Stan Lee did this. Stan Lee, who did everything else you like, also did this. And look, I'll watch anything that Tatiana Maslany does. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I look, that's why I say I like the show, but I know I'm giving it a lot of love because I like her. I also loved her interaction with, uh, with you know, with Bruce. I thought there was some fun moments there. There was silliness. There was a little weirdness with how they broke the fourth wall, which I know she does in the comics. 
that's the problem is, is that if you're not really familiar with the comics and you just sometimes watch stuff, mm-hmm. I had issues with Wakanda Forever with the character, and it turns out she's just like she was in the comics. I'm like, all right, well, if she's like she was in the comics, I can't really blame it. But I'm like, well, damn it, comics. You're pretty lazy that, like, can we not? How many Iron Men do we need? Can we do somebody else with who doesn't have Iron Man powers? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but... Yeah, I if you just criticize something by using phrases like MCU, you know what? Uh, you're showing your bias. You it, know, it, it dumbs you uh, down, yeah. in my opinion, in this arm- argument. I think especially for stuff on Disney Plus, you have to be careful and remind yourself that they have a target audience. Like, mm-hmm. and not just I mean, like, oh, Disney Plus is for you know designed for kids. I'm saying that in general, when they release a show towards the streaming service, like for instance, Miss Marvel is targeted towards the younger audience. So you're probably not going to like it regardless if you're looking for a you know, Iron Man-esque superhero show. Mm-hmm. She-Hulk, on the other hand, I have a little bit more anger with because I think that if you were a She-Hulk fan of the comics, I don't think you're going to like the show because the show is not very, you know, well done. I just don't think it's a good show. Not, not necessarily the representation. Fair. Yeah, exactly. I, I think if that's your argument, it's fine. This person doesn't sound like that's the argument. No. <laughs> so like, I could see that, that being kind of a... And that's wrong. the trouble is that the line gets blurred that's why I say when you use phrases like MCU, you're pretty much already telling me that it doesn't matter what they do. You're going to hate it. And, and that takes away from le- like a, a legitimate criticism like Joey has. And, you know, I'd, I'd hate to see Joey lumped in with people like that. That's why I won't ever say things like the MCU because I don't want people to think I am biased when it's mm-hmm. like, no, I just want something that I like, not something that is based on put all the people that I like in it and put the people I don't like not in it. And that's the unfortunate thing with people who talk like that and have that like mentality because I feel like everybody else on the other side of it, it's like, for like example, let's say I didn't like Miss Marvel for whatever reason. Like, I feel like I would have to defend it anyways in order to get, otherwise they're going to cancel it or they're not, we're not going to get any more because of people like this. So we feel like we have to uh, stand behind every single thing, whether it's good or not. That's a tough one too, mm-hmm. and uh, and I see that I do I do see the motivation because who who doesn't want to see more shows they like, right? Uh, and that's that that's that's why you know if we just have reasonable conversations, I have friends that really have viewpoints that I'm like I don't understand how we're friends because like I'm a sci-fi guy, uh, and you know I'm a Harry Potter guy, and I see people who love what I love, who apparently didn't get the messages of the movies and shows <laughs> that I watch. I'm like. Did you watch Harry Potter? Do you even know what they were talking about? The, like some of the horrible things they say. And I'm like, you know, he named his kid Snape. And pretty much for the entire frigging franchise, they wanted you to hate Snape. And it turned out they did it for a reason because they wanted to show you that nobody is irredeemable or, in that fact, nobody's really a hated character. It's just Snape was a guy that was bitter and, you know, life didn't go the way maybe he wanted it to and he could have used to maybe, you know, wash his hair a little bit more. But the bottom line was Snape was a good dude and he just had a he had a way of being that people did not like and immediately made him the enemy. And that's what those movies taught you is do not judge a book by its cover. And yet I got so many of my friends who go, I'm a Potterland, Potterhead, Potter this, Potter that. And then they say things where it's like, oh, my God, what are you? What did you not watch the movies? I mean, OK, all right. I don't know why you watch these things because they're not teaching you anything, I guess. I think that made me just kind of jump to one of my favorite memes. I saw something along the lines of people complaining about race or whatever when it comes to like the X-Men it's like did you not read the X-Men do you not know what it's about and you're complaining that this character was gender swapped or race swapped or whatever how does that matter 
It, I just love it. It's like you really didn't read the con, like, yeah, the comic or the content. It, 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 <laughs> yeah, and look, the cool thing about our mythology, which is of course these superheroes, it's our it's our mythology. People get to take their, you know, artists get to put their take on it, and I love that. I want to see different takes on things mm-hmm. because that's what art is. Uh, and your friend, try to love them for who they are, but if they're driving you crazy, you might have to just take a step back because, you know, people are who they are. Um, I don't, you're never going to be able to change somebody's mind unless you at least treat them with respect. God, that's the only chance you have. And if you guys have any other questions you'd like us to answer, shoot us a message on any of the many ways you can. Like I said in the, earlier in the episode, and until next time, stay nerdy.